My sidekick with me, Trey Littlefield here. As the lady does get set to take on Ole Miss, you know Trey, he is a friend of the show and is a frequent guest here, especially when the lady dogs are on the road. And we always lead with our food. Had a great dinner at Ole Miss at uh, Old Venice last night here at Ole Miss and looking forward to some Ajax for lunch today. J.D., always great to, to come back to Mississippi, where I was born and raised, and, and come back to Oxford. I am a little bit offended. You said the second favorite college town yes. behind Athens. Yes. I'm a little disappointed that Starkville is not just I, a notch above Oxford. Starkville's in my top ten. Okay. okay. Little, of I've, SEC college towns? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've, got, I've got a little more history here in teams, Oxford. But yeah. Yes. Okay. I've got a little more history here in Oxford. <laughs> so Starkville so. made the top ten. Yeah. No, this is a great place to visit. I tell you. A beautiful arena yeah, here. They uh, really have done about a great 9, job. It, it almost looks like a indoor football facility. Mm-hmm. I mean, tall ceilings, uh, kind of stadium style seating on both sides. So they've uh, they've come a long way since Ooh. those days at the at the Tad Pad, the Tad Smith Coliseum. It was the worst, and this they've actually got a name for this place now. It's named after a yeah. couple. It's the Sandy and John Black Pavilion at Ole Miss. SJB Pavilion. It was nice yeah. of him to have her name first because that's what gentlemen do. That is right. That is a Southern gentleman. Would yeah. you do that with Sarah, or would your name be first? Uh, uh. <laughs> No comment. <laughs> no comment on that one. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk some Georgia sports. As I was talking earlier, yeah. 14 different teams in action right now. And I'll lead it off with some hoops. You know, the dogs have been so close. So close. There's a great win last night up in Nashville. Uh, a much-needed win. Had to have it on the road. Always tough to play. You know, Memorial uh, Gymnasium, a, a different venue. That's uh, a good way to say it. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, the benches are on. Underneath the goal, score stable below the floor, always tough to play there, so so a great road win. We talked about it a few weeks ago, how Georgia men's basketball, um, even though they, they've lost a lot of close games here lately, was a kind of head of the curve. Had mm-hmm. a really good non-conference schedule, played some tough teams, won five in a row, went on the road at South Carolina, which is a really good team this oh, yeah. year, really well coached. So it's good to see them finally finally break through and, and get a win after losing so many close games. Well, I, I said the other day, I go, we're a good team in a great league. Oh, absolutely. This is, you know, I think I saw a T, I don't know if it's Seth Greenberg, somebody on, on television said, SEC by far the best basketball conference in the country this year. How many teams from the league do you think right now? Listen, anybody, he had, look, Florida Atlantic and San Diego State went to the Final Four last year. Anybody, uh, yeah. Yeah, so who could go? And, and by the way, how about LSU, the buzzer beat, or the, the tip-in to beat Kentucky? Like, I still think Kentucky's good enough to make a run the Final Four. I mean, they've made it as an eight seed before. It's Kentucky. They oh, got players. they have the talent, more talent than anybody in the country. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So who do you think's good enough? Tennessee, yes. Oh, Alabama. Alabama, Auburn, Auburn Kentucky. I mean, yeah. I think that what, I don't know with South Carolina. Carolina, I know they made that run back in 2017, but I think that's four teams that are definite contenders. And three, you know, I don't know what Kentucky's seeding would be now, but I think those other three are going to be one, two, or three seeds. I tell you, Alabama's a tough team. Yes. We saw that in Stegman this year, what, jumped out 17-2, jumped up to a big halftime lead. Uh, and and that team just came roaring back there in the second half. Nate Oates does a fantastic job. They, they can shoot from the outside. Um, a really good basketball team. And, of course, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, uh, another. You know, his teams are always – they seem to always make that run late mm-hmm. February into March. 
Yeah, just so many good coaches this league. And at rumors had it, some of my big blue folks said last year when the the job care service went, they wanted Calipari to take the Texas job and they wanted to hire Nate Oates at Kentucky. That was one of the, one of the big I rumors. I could go with Nate Oates or Bruce Pearl at Kentucky. Whoa, yeah. Whoa. That, that would that, be, that'd be a dangerous combination. That, that would definitely be something there. Uh, yeah, Bruce Pearl's done a great job at Auburn. They, they've got the, the newer arena as well, very yeah. nice. These, yeah. these are the two newer places at Auburn and Ole Miss. And, and no doubt those two programs and, and their women's programs yep. as well have certainly benefited from that. They have. They have. They, these are two very similar venues, Auburn and Ole Miss. They, they both seat just over 9,000. They're not too big. Correct. The, the crowd is right on the court. There's not a bad seat in the house. It really creates a, a, a tough environment. Yeah, it's it's about the niceness, and that kind of takes me to a lot of the renovations that are going on at Foley Field. And, and the first stage has been yeah. for the, the players. It's been recruiting lounges, meeting rooms, uh, technology, pitching labs, and that stuff's great. Wow. So you'll see uh, some more of what, what I'd say, quote-unquote, for the fans, uh, some that will be obvious to see from the seats here in the next couple of years. But one of the things that we've talked about, like for us with Georgia baseball, we're never going to be the biggest. I mean, we, we're not going to have a stadium the size of Mississippi State. But we State can be the nicest. We can be the nicest. And yeah. that's one of the things that Josh has really talked about. And I know Coach West Johnson's really big on analytics, and we've installed some of that software and our new locker room, weight room, stuff like that, which is going to be really big for recruiting. You know, we were uh, we had our athletic board meeting a few weeks ago, and, uh, and I think it was brought up that nearly every facility at the University of Georgia – there's some kind of renovation. Or there's a lot project. of shovels in the there, dirt. There's a lot. That's what you want to be. That's Absolutely. What, that, that's what you want right now. There, there are a lot of bulldozers in the sand or, or shovels in the dirt. So I, I, the, with the indoor tennis, are we? is that almost? It's close. It's close. It, I mean, we are days, weeks away. That is one of the biggest holes I have ever seen when they had to tear down Lindsey Hopkins and and dig a hole. I mean, they were halfway to China with the way they dug that thing. Oh, wait, am I in Arizona? Is it the Grand Canyon? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it just – and Josh, I think one of the things, kind of like we say with with Kirby – George can always be good in the secondary. Yeah. That's that's his roots. He played in the secondary, coach secondary. For Josh, his upbringing was in facilities, so he's got kind of that, that extra yeah. eye for facilities. And, and like I mentioned, I mean, nearly every facility, and you talk about the tennis indoor, that's so huge for our tennis programs to, to bring the NCAA tennis back to Athens, which is coming back in 2026. I remember when we hosted it in, in 2017, we had to play the, the finals mm. in that four-court indoor facility that just wasn't up to par. And so now we've got a first-class facility added on to the renovations we had on the outdoor facility. Uh, talk about tracks, going to get a, a, a new facility, softball, baseball. You know, and, and the – and the out, you know, in the outfit at softball, they're building a new weight room locker room. That's not only for softball; that's for uh, a lot of those other Olympic sports like soccer and sure. things like that. So, yeah, a lot going on as far as facilities at UGA. Well, let's let's talk about the, the baseball and softball teams, right? Now. Of course, you can follow Georgia baseball all season long here on the Super Stations. Off to a four zero start, outscoring yeah. the opposition. 53-7, to seven and the power stroke working for the Bulldogs. It was crazy over the weekend. We hit 10 home runs, and Charlie didn't have one. Uh, he hit two against Georgia State on Tuesday. Uh, so the Bulldogs have outscored the opposition by a count of 53-7, to seven, and the Bulldogs have hit 13 home runs in four games. And a lot of new faces out there. And One of the things that David and I talked about, it remains to be seen, I don't know if there's going to be another hitter that maybe has the total year that, say, Connor Tate or Parks Harbor had last year, but I feel like the one through nine 
it's going to be much deeper and much stronger this year. Yeah, and you talk about baseball, softball. We're one of only a handful of programs. Now, it's early mm-hmm. to have two undefeated, te- uh, mm-hmm. un- undefeated teams. So, mm-hmm. so both teams combined to go 13-0 and so far this year. Softball 9-0, and baseball 4-0. You look at softball, they've got wins over number six, Oklahoma State, number 19, UCLA, uh, number five, Florida State. And Beat that was a 20 to 10. 20 to 10 and in that five game was on, Yeah, that game was on ESPN was. on Saturday morning. That that got a lot, lot of eyeballs. It, on it that did. One. And so uh, we, we saw the consequences of that, good consequences of that. Georgia up to number three, which is the highest ranking for that program since 2011. But back to baseball real, real quick. I, I, I heard you reading before we came on Charlie Condon's uh, stat line. Those were, what, 700? Uh, 7.14 average, slugging 13.57. He got a single in the sixth inning, and his slugging percentage came down on Tuesday. His on base is 800. So by my math, (laughs) you know, and again, those are Jeff Dancer Little League numbers. That's right. By my math, if he continues at that pace, 7.14, he's the first pick. He's the first pick. (laughs) He's the first pick. I talked about somebody coming up with the bases loaded the other day. I said, if that ever ever happened to me in Little League, there was one thing the coach was going to do, call on a pinch hit or this. That's right. Well, it happened to me. And I, I ran to third base to go into first. Oh, you went the wrong I went the wrong way. way. You got yeah. so excited. That's my first at bat, yeah. Oh, well, well, that's all right. You put the ball in <laughs> that's play. Right. That's, that's what, what it's all about. But, yeah, I think with the energy with the Wes yep. has brought in, the oh. recruiting's so good. And, and this year, there are a lot of transfers. we got 17 players for the portal. And I think one of the, the deals is with the transition, with everything going so fast and furious, you're always going to get players out of the portal. My guess is that number is going to come down some next year, but he really felt like with the pieces coming back, if he could go get some other pieces, that this team could contend right away this year. Yeah, and you might be right. I mean, you've you've spent a lot of time with, with Wes Johnson. Is there a more likable guy that, you, that you've awesome. worked with? He, he is. He's he is awesome. awesome. What a great representative of the program, and you could see what he's done. Um, already with this, with this and we, we've been I mean really going back for me to, to coach Sapp with coach Polk uh, David oh. Perno and Scott Strickland we've had great guys as our coaches I've been been very very fortunate and Wes is just a great guy because oh, it's one of those things too I think baseball coaches I've been around George obviously at other schools most baseball coaches are good guys because yeah. you know what if you're not that's a long season <laughs> That's, that's hard a, to deal with. That's a long season, yeah, if you're going to be kind of, That's what, 55-game season? Yeah, Ooh. if you're going to be a little jerky or whatever, that's <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah, that's, but, but, yeah, I really do like Wes. And, uh, he's done a great job as well of just, just reaching out to yeah. our letterman and embracing that, and that's something that's very important. And you mentioned, you mentioned this year's team, how we're hitting the ball really well. Wes has that pitching background. Mm-hmm. I'm taking a look at, you know, I try to look, is, is, is Charlie Goldstein, is he the Friday night starter? Is, I mean, oh, you're, you're, you're obviously around out. it. Are they yeah. just trying to figure that out right now? I think so. Charlie yeah. went on opening day, and, and I'm assuming he's going tomorrow. Jarvis Evans went yesterday, Leighton Finley, yeah. and uh, we, we got a transfer, Christian Maragna, who got the start last Saturday. And you know, the thing with Wes is he's going to develop that pitching. He is. I don't know if there's that, you know, Alex Wood, Emerson, Hancock type ace on this pitching staff, but I think there are a lot of good arms. And so much of it, Trey, I mean, it's it's nuts for Georgia, college, majors, you name it. Uh, the biggest name of the game right now, assuming you have competitive talent, is keeping your pitching healthy. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it's a, yeah. I mean, we all know one throw can change everything. Yeah. And we talk about that with the with the SEC tournament. 
going into the regional, is it really worth? Right. Well, if that's a whole in, different conversation. But that's, no. yeah. Yeah. So did, did you happen to see, and I'm assuming basketball's going to do, they might have already updated, but so what baseball's going to do, all 16 are going in, it's going to be single elimination. Do you know, has basketball announced what they're doing? They haven't announced anything publicly yet. I, you know, I, I would think maybe you're not going to play. You know how with women's basketball we have, what's a 16-game schedule. Correct. We play three teams twice. So our rival Florida right. and then two teams on a Defranda. rotation that we play yeah. twice. I think they may do away. And I'm just speaking. Play 15 I don't know anything. plus one. Yes. So, so play, we Florida play Florida twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's just this year. I don't know if that's going to be the model. Uh, you know what Coach Abe would love? Publicly. I'm going to suggest this and just see how she reacts. I love Coach Abe. Yeah. You know, I think we ought to just play everybody twice, play 30 conference games. Absolutely. Are you out of your mind? Are you <laughs> she, crazy? Yeah. she might hit me. She might. Let's play South Carolina, LSU. Yeah, just play them all twice. Texas. Why not? It was a top five. Let's play them all twice. Just play them all twice. Yeah. But, um, so what they're going to do for baseball is the top four get the double bye okay. to the quarters. The bottom four – well, I'm sorry, the bottom eight, so nine through 16 will play day one. Then those four winners will play five through eight. Okay. And then the double by You're gonna those four await the winners. I know. You really got to <laughs> think about it. So I would assume basketball will do the same thing. Your top four will get the, so the double So baseball, by. when does the tournament start? What day of the week? You would start Tuesday. on a Tuesday. Yes. And play, you said play those play four. Play four games. So yeah. uh, four teams eliminated, then – Four single teams got a single bye, yeah. yes, and they would play those four winners, and those four winners would play the four that got the double bye. Yeah. yeah, I haven't seen anything on basketball as far as SEC tournament. See, because the question is, do you do it like that, or yeah. do you just do it where everybody would uh, – you would have to win four games, whether you were the one seed or the 16, but then that comes down to a scheduling problem because you can't play eight games in one day. Yeah, yeah, that's. I guess you could. You could. start at like <laughs> well, nine in the morning. We can do what we do uh, NCAA tennis when we host. We do sixteen in one day. That's, so that's it, a busy day. It can be done. It can be done. But <laughs> yeah. so I'm guessing they're going to do that. But you know, and that's one of those things we always say: the devil's in the details. Is with, with the conference expansion, the movement of always like, all right, all right, we got all this new money now. Everybody else figure out the stuff like yeah. scheduling and everything. And I do like. And um, Alan Thomas brought this up on the second hour. A good point. At least with the scheduling. The football model, they haven't gotten too far out on it. Yeah. So I think it's one of those things. Let's see how this goes for a couple of years yeah, and I, see how we like it. Because what you don't want to do is say, All right, here's how it's going to be for the next 20 years. And then if you're two yeah. years in, you realize, boy, this isn't right. That could be better. You give yourself some leeway yeah. there to, to tweak some things. Definitely best, always best to be flexible, be thoughtful, mm-hmm. and, and just see. Yeah, Sound like an athletic director. That's right. <laughs> be flexible. That's, that's my professional thoughtful. take. That's right. right. <laughs> with, with some foresight on it. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing, too. If you try and make, and, and I, I don't envy Commissioner Sankey, for the, who's no. the best commissioner in sports, there is no way you're going to make all 16 schools perfectly happy yep. with everything that happens. Well, like I mentioned with basketball, say that we do that, that rotation model when mm-hmm. you're playing one team twice. Well, does that mean that uh, South uh, Tennessee's rival is going to be South Carolina and they've got to play South Carolina Sure. Twice? I mean, somebody's Does that mean get... Kentucky gets Vanderbilt twice? I mean, uh, you know. Right. And so of what course, is, you, have to, you almost have to rotate it. You can't, right. All yeah. that stuff can change. Like, I remember Les Miles wanted to do away with – Georgia, Auburn, LSU, Florida, and Tennessee, Bama. See, oh, this is not fair. Well, when Florida started struggling then, I didn't hear Les Miles talking. I mean, it can be short-sighted. Like for me in football, like we need to play 
Florida and Auburn every year. Yeah. Uh, and then for me, I'd like to play Tennessee and South Carolina. Every, I mean, it's weird for me. We're not going to play South Carolina in football this coming That's season. That's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. I, that's just the last time that happened was the two years before they came into the SEC in 90 and 91. Wow. So that's, that's, and the thing is, too, like from South Carolina's standpoint, we are their second biggest rival. Yeah. So they really, they really want need that, that game. Georgia game, especially yes. a home game for South Carolina. They yes. need that Georgia game. I wasn't wild about what they did with the baseball setup. You're playing two permanent starting next year. And eight, and, I, and I, I don't even remember who ours are. I think it is Florida and Auburn, but interesting. That's just I, I thought five, five, and five. So was, by so permanent, SEC you mean plays that's every every year. year you play those two teams. So the SEC, you play ten SEC weekends. I would have liked to five, five, and five. Yeah, you get five, you play every year. And like for us, it could have been Florida, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vandy. Yeah, okay. play them every. Year. You play them every year, and then you rotate. You play five one year, then five the next, and then flip-flop when you play them at home. And over a four-year period, you've gotten the deal. But, uh, yeah, they decided to go with two, which does create more of a frequency of matchups. But I talk about this. I mean, me, I'm an old dinosaur. I like the league at 10, and uh, for it was at 12 Ugh. for most of my adult life. And then I felt like, you know, Coming here, or I love coming to Oxford, love coming to, to Starkville. You feel like you go to those places at least every other year. And, yeah. and you're playing them basically every year. And now it's there, there's some gaps. Like we'll be at baseball for Mississippi State this coming spring. I think it's the first time since 2018, maybe. Yeah, I think we opened their new venue, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah we were in early in it. I can't yeah. remember if we were the absolute yeah. first, but we were very, very early in it. So. You know, I, I miss some of that, and you know we we can all talk about the the radical changes in college athletics. And I know I've talked about this a lot. I still feel the best thing that could happen is if if at this current rate, with I do think we got some hope with the SEC and Big Ten getting together. If you say took your top fifty or sixty schools, and they all put the TV deals, and the money was divided evenly, and then you could get your conferences back to making geographic sense. Yeah, yeah. That, because the, the fact – I mean, listen, Stanford and California are in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I, that is utterly absurd. I still absurd. don't know how that's going to work with travel. It's not. I know we talk about that all the time. People are probably tired of hearing about it. But how is UCLA going to go play, play Rutgers? Rutgers. <laughs> I we mean, how USC is UCLA men's tennis going to go – or, or I, UCLA softball going to go play So that's, that's another thing, too, for all of the money, the, the, the extra money – a lot of the travel costs are going to negate some yeah. of that. So then that's also where you think, okay, if the deal I talked about, kind of when you get all the big schools together and divide the money evenly, if they don't go to that, and then basically you could have – you'd go back to where yeah. the West Coast schools are all in one league or one division, however you wanted to say it. Let, just do the football uh, however you want it, and let's let's have the other sports – be based on geography. Yeah. I just miss a lot of the robberies. I do too. too. Yeah. yeah, I do too. I can't and keep up with what, like, for instance, West Virginia. What conference are they in? They're now? in the Big Twelve. Are they, are they, they, the, they should be in the same league as like Pitt and Syracuse. Maryland. Should that's be an in the ACC, ACC team. That would. That's the one that still gets me that, more than any because I'll see a couple of years ago they, they played Virginia in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Well, how's that possible? You're not supposed to play. Yeah. Those, I'm like, wait, they're in the Big yeah. Ten. I always that's think the one. they're in the like Gary Williams. You know, he's know. the coach in, in the ACC. Well, and yeah. then I, I think about the mid-major schools and and how uh, how much of that has changed. I have a friend of mine who's a great two-sport athlete at Georgia named Jimmy Harrell. 
he had two daughters. One played tennis, one played volleyball at College of Charleston. And so they were. They used to be in the Southern Conference. So they were playing Wofford and Furman yeah. and Georgia Southern. Teams around were, that area. And then their president at the time thought it would be a good idea. They'd make more money if they went to the Colonial. So then all of a sudden he's traveling up to Virginia. <laughs> I mean, it's just so he's playing like George Mason. Yeah, or, it's it's yeah. nuts. And then our our good friend Luke Ned Carney was telling me, he brought this up at some point. There are four schools in Virginia. I'm going to butcher one of them, but it was like Old Dominion, Richmond, VCU, and I can't remember who the fourth one was. Uh, VMI. Or? We're, we're, maybe it was. Yeah, we'll yeah. just say that for yeah. the sake of argument. We're all four in four different conferences. <laughs> I mean that's just not right. Yeah, yeah. That's just that, that's, that's just tough. not right there. So I, I just because really for me college athletics have always said it's a volume sport, and that's one of the things I think for the powers that be need to keep in mind with football. Any foot like if I told you right now like all right Trey, you're gonna have a day off. We're gonna eat some good tailgate food and have a couple of cocktails. Would you rather have it? Let, let's just say on, on an October Saturday. Let's say when the dogs are off, yeah. you got the day off, and you've got. Auburn playing LSU, Alabama playing Tennessee, Florida playing South Carolina, uh, Texas is playing Oklahoma, uh, Michigan's playing Penn State, and you got Washington and USC. Wow. Or would you rather watch the national championship game? Give me the volume. No question. Yeah. Give me the remote, recliner, yeah. all the food in the world. I'm going to watch about ten games on a college football Saturday. Do Nothing you like think – for the television schedules that and, – and by the way, a great day too because Notre Dame usually starts at 2.30, so if they got a big game. One of the things I don't like is all the games seem to be either at noon, 3.30, or 7, 7.30. I'd like to see them – why don't we kick off a game at 1, kick off a game at 2, have them staggered? Because to me, I think part of what makes that the first couple of days of the NCAA tournament so great – is it like on day one, you'll have oh. one game. All right, we got two minutes left. This one's got five minutes left. This one's got eight minutes left. They stagger those yep. tip-off times, and it makes for great viewing. And I get it. Probably the, the TV, obviously they know what they're doing. They probably feel like, well, we don't want to, quote, unquote, compete with ourselves. But at the same time, I mean, let's face it. In this day and age, everybody's watching multiple yeah. things. I just think having the kickoff staggered would lead to – a more fulfilling viewership. Yeah, and then every game, like the NCAA tournament in basketball, mm-hmm. in the top right corner you got scores of every game going on at that time, and then you just flip back and forth to those games. Absolutely. As they no, yeah. I, I think we that'd be all know fantastic. those opening Thursdays of the NCAA tournament. Oh, that's it's so bad. Because that's the thing, the too, with, with the tournament, when we talk about volume for the NCAA tournament, let's face it, the best part of the tournament's the first two days, it that is. first weekend. Yep. It's better than the Final Four. It's better than the championship game. Yep. You're always, when you play that volume of games, you're always going to have upsets. And everybody does a bracket. Yep. And now with the, the, the portal and the one and done, I mean, we talk about the portal for football I and mean, what it's done to basketball with the one and done added in there. I mean, just about everybody's bracket shot by the time the Sweet 16 rolls. I mean, let me, yeah. who had, come on. Uh, Who put Florida Atlantic and San Diego State in the Final Four last well, year? Well, I, I did put a little bit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, nobody, nobody, no one. nobody. Yeah, but that is another thing too that hits sometimes in hoops. Everybody, oh, the upset and all this is great and, and this and that. But then you, you want chalk in the final four. Yeah, you you want you the do. big. But like there was a final four a few years ago. I think it was was it maybe Duke, Carolina, like 
Villanova yep. and Kansas. Kansas. It's like, yep. yeah, that's what that, that's what you want. And, and you know, and I think we're sitting here, uh, you know, watching women's basketball practice. I actually think women's basketball has done a great job of that. You know, you, you look at the last two Final Fours mm-hmm. when you had what was it last year? LSU, Iowa, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, and you had. Iowa beat South Carolina. That was the best basketball game of the year. Men or women. I agree. It, it was a great back-and-forth game. And then you had the, the national championship game with LSU. It was The last two Final Fours for women's basketball have been fantastic. Let, let me ask you a very serious question here. Are you ready? Yep. Why is it I've brought this up many times, and I'm going to include orange as a shade of red. Okay. That most great football schools, red – Red or orange, I call it. Most great basketball schools, it's blue. Oh, my goodness. That is a great think about that. question. You got where, did you, where did you pull Carol- that out I just of think that, of stuff like that. That is red. I mean, think you got, well, you yeah. got like Carolina, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, UCLA, Villanova, all blue. The, the Blue Bloods. There you go, the Blue Bloods. Wow. And for football, Georgia, Alabama, USC, Oklahoma. You know, if you want to throw in the oranges for like Clemson, Texas, Clemson, Tennessee, yeah. Florida, yeah. I'm going ha- to spend the afternoon in our hotel before the game. Contemplating about that. that. Yeah. The best blue school for football, I guess, is Michigan. Yeah, Penn State, traditionally. Yeah, I, is that – yeah, That's that is blue. a dark blue. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard of Tech kind of goes back and forth between <laughs> blue and black? Yeah. Navy blue and black. They kind of do, yeah. They can't. That, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. This I'm is just, perplexing. It, it is. That is very – I've never thought about that before. That, that reminds me of one – we used to do the five at five back in my 960 days, and uh, one of our substitute hosts, my good buddy Adam Wynn, I, I was called a baseball game, and he was on with, with Chris Brave, and he goes, Chris, first question, name me your favorite song that has a color in the title. He's like, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> yeah. And, like, for the next two hours, that's, that's what all they, they talked did. about. Absolutely. It's like well, an episode of Seinfeld, yeah, like, just well, a random. All right, well, you, you got Purple Rain, uh <laughs> Blue eyes. Yeah. Blue eyes crying in the rain. Yeah, you got a lot of blue in there because of the yeah. eyes there. You got a little red skies like, at night by the fix. So, Is there a great basketball program that has that's red? I would say Indiana. Oh, oh yeah. Fallen that's on, right. Yeah, Lu- yeah, yeah. You know, Louisville traditionally. Yeah. But, yeah. but, I mean, the, but the far blue and away. Because I think yeah. if you had to say historically and current, you'd probably say Carolina, Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Kansas and UCLA are the top yep. five programs. Absolutely. And – they're all very blue. I mean, blue. Michigan State, green. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know, but they're but they're not on the level. It's closer to blue though than it is to red. <laughs> green is. It's a shade, yeah. Yeah, the color but no doubt though, the football, the red thing, the shades of you, red you and have orange. Given me something to think about. I, I, I always give you stuff. Shoot us tweet, let us know where you're listening from at Jeff Dansler TV, so you don't get stuff like this everywhere. <laughs> right. uh, we 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 talked about. Uh, I got. I haven't been on since Monday. Uh, talked about the quarterback room some on Monday. Uh, Dale McGee talking about, uh, obviously, flirtations there with Georgia State. Uh, for, for the running back room for Georgia, we've got ATN coming in. I think getting Branson Robinson back, I mean, that was a blow not having him. He showed some bursts last year. And then uh, the national championship game, I mean, those runs he had against TCU, oh. I get it. The, the game was a blowout. And – that they had lost their will to fight, yeah. but still he showed you what he Man. could do. I think that guy, if, if presuming he's healthy, he's got a chance to be a really, is, really is good Is there anybody back. else in the country that looks like a running back? Man, I mean, look, the body, the build, everything. Yeah. 
and he's got kind of that one cut. Yeah. Uh, quarterback, I th- obviously with the way 63-3, to three, baby, in the Orange Bowl. There we the go. way that game went, I thought that was brilliant by Kirby and the staff to start Gunner Stockton in the second half yeah. and basically have – I know Jackson Muschamp got in at the end, but he essentially played – the entire second half, just to get him that experience on that stage, that's going to serve Georgia very well. Yeah, you can't beat that kind of experience in the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. against a you know a depleted Florida State team, but still nonetheless a Florida State team that had four and five star recruits. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, those guys can still play. So, yeah. you know, and I think that's one of those things. And hopefully Carson's healthy all year. But at some point, I just really think that experience there for Gunner, whether it's this season or the next. That's going to pay it's going off. To be huge. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely agree. think it will be. Uh, and, and running back getting ATN in, and I, I thought he, he and Montrell Johnson at Florida. I'm like, boy, Come on. I, I like this guy. Yeah. Though. I like this. I guy. hate the portal until it affects me. So yeah. hopefully we can get. Uh, hopefully we can kind of stay healthy at that running back spot. Now I'll tell you too, he looks like an '80s Coach Dooley fullback to me. I like me some Roderick Robinson too. Big number yes. zero. When big we zero. ran that toss to him, it's like, oh man, this is taking me back to the '80s. I look at the ah. big fella. Get I, you out know, there. I miss those those. Big burly fullbacks. Me too. Like, like Mike Allstock. Make for fullbacks great again. Yeah, I let's love do the it. Fullback. You know, tight ends made a comeback. Let's make oh, yeah, fullbacks. T- well, yeah, here's the yeah. thing. I, I've always thought when the quarterback is under center, mm-hmm. you have to have a fullback in there if you're going to run between the tackles. Somebody's got to clear out the hole. I agree. You, you've got to. I, I mean, agree most teams, if you're, I don't care what level you're at, if you got that quarterback under center and just the single back, maybe you pop a big one. But sometimes the numbers aren't there. And the, and the bottom line is, too, in, in football, and I remember we went the jumbo package. This was Kirby's third year at Missouri. We put in eight offensive linemen, and Missouri still stopped us short. And I just remember thinking, I looked at him like, all right, we got eight 300-pounders. They got four out there. And, you know, you got 240-pound linebackers sliding in. Sometimes there's not any space. That's true. <laughs> I mean, these guys are so massively huge. <laughs> they take up huge. a lot of space. These guys are so massively huge. Uh, but, yeah, I was, again, going back to uh, seeing Gunner and Roderick Robinson. I think Andrew Paul's a good back. And, you know, we'll see. He's got three freshmen coming in as well. But that's yeah, that's one of the things, too. It just shows you how hard it is to win. We, we've talked about this. We just – we didn't have Brock, Ladd, hmm. Kendall and Dejan, we barely had all four of those guys healthy at the same time the whole season. It was just tough luck, and we still go 13-1 and one and win the Orange Ball. That's unbelievable. And, and not to have a lot of those guys in the SEC championship game. or not, yeah, not have they them, weren't 100%. Not have them 100%. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no excuse. But that's not an excuse. No, but, no, but still, no. not having part those guys it. on the field was, was part of it. No, it, it's a factor, and yeah. that just goes to – to, to, to show how incredibly difficult it is. So, love talking to George. All right, Lady yep. Dogs at Old Miss. All right, tonight. here Chris, we go. Can, uh, Chris, Trey, Chris is our producer. Chris, wake up. Uh, Trey, yeah. c- c- can, we, can we pull this off here tonight? Can the Lady Dogs pull off the upset of the Well, if, if they play like they played against South Carolina on the road at number one, college game day was there, national television audience on ABC, and we go up by seven at halftime. South Carolina's largest halftime deficit this year, going by nine in the third quarter, and really hung with them most of the second half oh, yeah. until the very end. If we play like that, we'll win tonight. 
I agree. You know, yeah. in that game going back, and this this is just sports. When you're the underdog and you're losing, we were down six. It was 54-48. We had four straight possessions where we didn't score. It had a couple balls uh, yep. hang on the iron. Then they came down and hit back-to-back threes. So we had four chances to cut it to four or three with a three. And then they go three, empty possession, three. And next thing you know, you're down 12 and it's game over. Yeah. And obviously if you talk with Coach A, you talk with the staff, this season the record has been a mm-hmm. disappointment. But you look back at Sunday, something maybe to hang your hat on to say, hey, we're a step in the right direction. You know, you, yeah. this offseason, you know, we've signed four top 100 players, go sign some top transfers and get this thing turned around for next year. That South Carolina game was something to build on. And hopefully – here in February and March. You know, the stat on Coach Abe over the last three years, of four years of coaching, 23-7 mm-hmm. and seven in the month of February. So our teams get better at the end they of the season. They get better toward the end of the year, just an expert at developing players and getting them better uh, throughout the year and throughout their career. And I think that's one of those things, too, and I'm sure football programs have, have said this when they've faced Georgia. And I think with our Lady Dogs facing South Carolina, our men with the schedule they've had, for your younger players, it's a great opportunity. you got nothing to lose. And also, you're saying, like, listen, this is where they are. You need to put in the work. You could be where they are in yeah. two or three years. There's been a couple of years where we've opened SEC play in basketball with, like, South Carolina or open with an LSU. I kind of like that. I do, too. Because it's a measuring stick for, for the rest of the conference season. And you know, going forward, the, the next 15 games – you're not going to play a better team than that. And so you know where you stack up against the best. Well, Chris Rogers says we're getting long-winded. Chris, you're going to have Ugh. some more poison when we come back. I appreciate you, buddy. Trey, great job as always. is my yeah. sidekick. Looking forward. Trey's father, the Baptist minister, going to say, say a couple of knee mails for us here today. <laughs> That's right. he'll, be, he'll be sitting up here with us today. Well, I've asked him over and over to, to pray for you. So I hopefully, need it. Hopefully it's working. <laughs> I need it. Thank you, Trey. Right. Thank you, Trey Littlefield, my sidekick on the road. Thank you, Trey.